Happy Leap Day, everyone. I left a little something special in your stocking. It's a frog. Look at him leap. Look at him leaping. Anyway, special thanks to Scribbles and Carlo. Hello, welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And today's Probably Bad RPG idea is Add more realism to your alien languages by flinging perfume on your players and yelling Pheromones! So I the, I want to explain why I picked this one out. Okay. Because I just, I like the idea of Because you can't really present non-verbal cues as much especially mm. if you're playing multiple NPCs in one scene yeah it can be a bit tricky to stay on top of everything so what if you just communicate the things that they're doing in other ways and the players mm. much like the characters have to figure out what these things mean <laughs> like maybe if you spray the smell of lily of the valley in the room that means that the NPC is lying who knows it's just a fun puzzle for your players. I like this because it's a fun puzzle and it is kind of like dependent on a lot of factors as to how well it works in the sense of like how good are your players' sense of smell? Um, how good's the ventilation? It, reading body language is also dependent sure. on a lot of factors. I guess maybe the issue here is communication inherently has the risk of being misunderstood. Yeah. I mean, I think especially if you're maybe not particularly good at, at like voice acting yeah. as a DM, which I would argue most DMs are not because that's a whole like specific skill. Yeah, like maybe we just shouldn't communicate anymore. Okay, I'll end the podcast. Anyway, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think like... Yeah, like, I guess this is one of those avant-garde puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, other aliens have, like, different, you know, different ways aliens can communicate. Like, some species communicate by changing colour, so you just, like, paint yourself every time you want to give across a different, like, every time you want to give a scene description. And See, I, have was, to pick... I was just picturing holding up, like, Dulux swatches. This is much more committed. I love yeah. that. Like, and they have to figure out which patterns represent which objects. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, green is obviously orcs, or possibly trees, or possibly money. But... What if all colours to this alien species have all the same, like, meanings that they could have to the players, but you, you're expected to figure out what from context what the colour means? Hmm. This alien species only has one word. I think I just reinvented Smurfs. <laughs> but I was like, okay, this, this alien is turning red. Are they angry? Are they in love with me? Are they filled with bloodlust? Some combination of the three? You, you just gotta work it out. Luckily, all a, luckily, all NPCs are filled with bloodlust towards my character, so it's much easier. So I feel like there is probably a very decent, like, 
is it a rival where they've got the alien language they have to decipher? Possibly, I haven't seen it. Uh, so, like a, a, a RPG like that where aliens have appeared, and you want to like, what do you want to do? Yeah, you have to translate how they communicate in order to prevent, uh, presumably, alien war. I feel there's something there. Because I mean, there's there is the video game chance of Senna. Where basically the first level is you figuring out your own language because you've forgotten everything. And then you go up this like Tower of Babel situation, encountering new languages that you then have to be able to translate and then translate between different groups. So like it's it's definitely a, a concept that's been explored, just not necessarily in tabletop games. Yeah. And that's where we come in. <laughs> If I knew anything about linguistics, this would be much easier. But I look forward to all of the, like, in our inbox, linguistics-based RPGs we don't know about. I'm imagining a, a game that, like, you know, you get your rule book and you get your dice. And then you also get a set of cards with just abstract images and shapes and mm. colours on. And it's like, this is the only way you are allowed to communicate with your players once the session starts. Like, there's like I feel we're getting into like these are games that do very well on um in the indie itch.io market. Like, you can only communicate using vowels. It would be the kind of game that people buy but never play. Yeah, it's just like, hey, do do you want to play this? It's like, no, let's let's play Shadowrun actually. Jokes on you in Shadowrun, you can also only communicate through pheromones now. No, it's pheromones. Ah. Because it's sci-fi. <laughs> Pheromone pheromones. Mm. I like the idea that in the future ants will evolve to use pheromones. <laughs> but they've got to be like laid flat on the table and they just run around really fast to change the tones. Maybe that's what that video of the cat with the theremin is. It's not just playing with it, it's trying to communicate. <laughs> that's how the game starts. Is a cat... An alien takes the form of a cat and tries to communicate with the theremin. Hear me out. Hear me out. You Hear take me cat. out. A... You take a cat. Uh-huh. You put it in a room full of musical instruments. It runs around. You have to figure out... Um what's happening in the session based on the cat noises. Presumably in this system, the cat is also the DM? Yeah, the cat's the DM. The cat doesn't know it's the DM, obviously. <laughs> but it is uh, the DM. This is... We're done with dice. This is the new way to randomise what happens in your game. Yeah, like the full... A full like, I feel like there's going to be a fully... Um, randomized game in there somewhere in the sense of there's no gm there's just a random number generator and it's just got a list of plot points interesting idea though because what happens next wouldn't necessarily logically follow on so hmm. metagaming would be harder yeah I and mean, gaming would be harder i mean yeah that too what's the opposite of meta Me meso, I believe. 
Mezzo gaming. There's a fact for all of you guys. Mezzo gaming would be a good Tumblr URL, actually. Yeah. But yeah, you go and you... There's a random number generator, and it just uh, comes up with, like, random plot points. Uh, again, what you do won't affect what happens next in the plot in any way. Uh, that's important to note. Unless you think it's something that the cat will have an opinion on. Yeah. I feel like... Like, again, this game idea is bad. Oh, yeah. But I feel it would definitely get a lot of money. <laughs> like, you know, there's definitely something going, ah, this truly says something about how we understand the gaming community as their cat knocks over their house. I think um, it, it would get money, but it would be solely from game review YouTubers who bought hmm. it just to go, what the fuck is this? Or possibly to explain how it's the highest art of the genre. Nothing yeah. in between. I feel like um, this is the point where we should move on to questions before we just start writing this game. I mean, I feel like the game's pretty easy to write, to be honest. Do we, do we have to put it on the list of games to write for the Patreon? <laughs> like, again, I just, I just feel you could write it, like... It's just you put a cat in a room. You need things for the cat's behaviours to correspond to. Hmm. The cat is the die, the cat is not the entire system. Okay, so before we go into, um, I guess, just making an RPG... Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Hazel. And I'm Liz. And we are two friends who studied archaeology together and who make a podcast about food and domestic history. It's called Bread and Thread. And so if you would like to know all about ancient sheep breeds and how to make them pay, where apples come from, really, in the beginning, or if you'd like the Virgin Mary's recipe for spinach, then look up Bread and Thread on wherever you get your podcasts. And learn all these and more fun and interesting historical facts framed as a relaxed chat between two nerdy best friends. Hey guys, uh, we should ask some questions. No, we should answer some questions. We're not asking questions. What's That's the opposite waiting, of what we want to do. Waiting for you to remember what we do. Um, <laughs> but our first question... This is which our is new all... podcast where we just give questions and sit in silence while you, presumably listening, answer them. Our first pre-asked question is from Nadiv22. I'm about to create an ex-medic soldier character as a cleric for a D&D campaign. Please help me find ways to make it funny slash bad slash silly. They got struck off. They got struck off for some medical war crimes and are now trying to redeem themselves through clericking and have just kind of found their way back to doing healing, but for real this time. There wasn't actually a war, they just thought there was. Explains them no longer being a soldier, but not them no longer being a medic. Or did they yeah. also imagine med school? Uh, medicine doesn't actually exist either. Oh. 
it's it's been very it's been a big mo run of discovery. Um, How does backstory even be like? Like, was someone tricking them into believing that war and medicine existed? Yeah. To what end? You know, shits and giggles. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's like they they discover they believe they're in a war and they had been healing people. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that wars never happen and no one ever gets sick. So what were they doing? Um, good question. So what they are doing now is they're trying to start, like, make war and disease a thing in the world. So that they can uh, finally live out their dream. And I think I've created a really weird villain. I think you have. Um, but certainly uh, a notable one, especially given that the rest of your character, the rest of PC's backstories now have to like adapt to the fact that war and disease don't exist. Fuck it, let's get rid of the other two horsemen as well. There's also no famine or pest, uh, no famine or death. So I have two thoughts. Yeah. The first one is. This would be a really f- interesting way of trying to remove like grim and gritty backstories. Yeah. And my other thought is the concept of inventing war, of like <laughs> somehow getting two world leaders into a room and getting them so riled up that they decide to create armies just in order to deal with this conversation. I mean, that's, I guess that is what, like, Cain does in the Bible. Just on a smaller scale. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess you need... Like, Trevor, I assume no one would have armies. If there was... Even, like, uh, a concept of one. Yeah, so what you need to do... What you need to do is you need to convince them to get an army, but without war being a thing. It's basically a really rapid arms race. It's like, oh yeah, you don't like that king. Why don't mm. you get a guy with a sword? But what if he also has a guy with a sword? Or even two guys? Maybe you should get ten guys with swords. And yeah. It's just a weird arms race. Like, arms race except people don't know what armies are. Well, this you go through the whole thing and you end with a big climactic battle but they call it a they call it a riot between two very large groups of armed people because they just don't have a word for it I mean is that not is that not what a war is? It is I just like the idea of not being able to in character during yeah, I guess your game is set during this the, kind of of thing. During the first war, like ever. Yeah, there, which means that your characters aren't allowed to use the words war, army, hmm. battle, general. Like, yeah, in order to use one of those words, you have to like roll um, intelligence to invent the word war. You need an in-character etymology. Yeah. 
presumably there's also a lot of metaphors that you can't use because they come from the military. Yeah. Like, or even like words like snafu, because that's military slang originally, so you can't use that. Every time you use a word, you have to quickly go on dictionary.com and determine whether or not it's uh, it's derived from the military. And if it is, you write it up on the wall in big black pen so that everyone knows not to say it. In and out of character. I like how we've gone from I'd like to create an ex-soldier character and come up with the least, the worst possible scenario in which you could play an ex-soldier character, conceptually speaking. Listen, they said funny, bad, silly. We've hit yeah. two of those. I think... Okay, so assuming war does exist... Okay. You don't have to create Old assumption, but go on. <laughs> Okay, so all of the ideas I'm coming up with are extremely political and probably not ideal for the podcast. So let me think a bit more. Okay. Your so your character's an ex-soldier. Uh and they're still receiving orders, but uh because they're not a soldier anymore, they're not from the general, they'll just follow the orders of anyone who like gives them an order. You know, a little bit sad. They're just so they would, without purpose now. Yeah, they would just like you know a chain of command, even if it's one guy. That is very easily exploitable by bad guys. And yeah, and good guys, honestly. I mean, I would argue if you're exploiting that, you're no longer a good guy. But I get what you mean. Mm. Like, it's a great thing, and it will cause moral ambiguity in your setting uh, immediately. Yeah. Like, do the other PCs, have they just told you to come along and, like, do this? Are the other PCs the real bad guys? If you are ordered to save the orphans from the fire and feel that you have no choice, did you still do a good deed? Hmm. This this could have some very interesting philosophy, especially if the game's being GM'd by a cat. I mean, if I was to guess what animal which has an understanding of moral relativism, it would be a cat. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Okay, so I feel like... So we've got... Um, you're still a soldier. Uh, you're just not in any chain of command and... Basic people are just giving you random instructions. Uh, we've got war didn't exist as a concept. Um, I'm sure there must be a third option, which I think is you you were an ex-soldier, ex-soldier medic, but you don't know it. And this is like... It's like those kind of, oh, I don't know why I got these skills and powers, but it's a really mundane explanation. My third idea is you just play the character Hawkeye from MASH, who has now found religion. I don't know MASH, I'm afraid. It's about I am... military doctors. Wow, that's really fitting. <laughs> um, so our second question is anonymous. Probably bad walrus ideas? 
there are no bad walrus ideas. All walruses are great. Um, walruses in place of treasure. I'm, I'm going to need more information. Like, so you are, know, they, are they in a chest? Are they gifted? Yeah, so you just take a normal treasure, tro- treasure trove. Mm-hmm. But every coin is a walrus. Are they still like... Because treasure trove, to me, s- implies like a buried hoard. Yeah. Is it as many walruses as there are coins, and are they alive? Um, yes to both. They're very special. I mean, you could probably get a lot of money for an immortal walrus, so it's, yeah. it's inconvenient, but it's not the worst treasure. They also replace all of the love interests. Are they sentient? Yeah, like, you know, they're walruses. These walruses pass the, the Jack Harkness test. I was, for some reason, I was say, yeah, they're walruses, before realising that I possibly have a profound misunderstanding about walruses. Um, yeah, I'm going to say these walruses pass the Harkness test. Someone okay. made older, older walruses sapient, um, and now you can date them. I guarantee someone is working on this visual novel right now. Yeah, I don't know if they made them sapient, like, so they could date them, or if they made them sapient and upon them becoming sapient, it turns out what they want to do is date people. See, making them sapient so you can date them, I feel, is ethically dodgy. Mm. Especially because, like, what if you make them sapient and then they don't want to date you? Yeah. One guy who's been friend-zoned by every walrus. That's a new tragic backstory for your ex-military doctor character. Joined the army to try and forget about his walrus ex. I assume that's why most people join the army. Um... (laughs) I'm struggling, though. Because, like... Walruses are just so much already. Yeah. Like, I feel the probably bad walrus idea is have a walrus. Um, they can cause problems in any setting in most situations. Yeah, like, I feel like, okay, so best settings to put a walrus in. Like, vampire... Dem- yeah, cyberpunk. Uh, werewolf, the ma- vampire, the masquerade, political things, and the prince is a walrus. Possibly a vampire walrus, possibly a standard walrus. It's definitely a vampire walrus, and it stabs you with its tusks, and then just sits there and slips the blood up through the tusks like two enormous straws. Mm. The, this walrus is not sentient in any way. It's yeah. kind of like when towns elect a dog as mayor, it's just a figurehead. Like, it's not sentient, but no one's willing to fight it because it's a walrus. Yeah. Thirsty sword lesbians. Thirsty sword walruses. Yeah. They celebrate uh, with their tusks. It's that's great. what happened to all the walruses that were made sapient to date people. Uh, that's where they went. Turns out they're all lesbians. Yeah. Literally all every wal- walrus on gaining sentience realises it's a lesbian. Yeah, this is this is one of those biology facts that many people know. Um, Warhammer 40k miniature army fight. Uh, and one of the factions is walruses. It's a life-size walrus. Yeah. Like, you've got all the minis, and they got just one walrus, and it's like, herds 10,000 tiny space marines fight a mountain-sized walrus. 
I don't know, but I would love to watch. Um, any one of those psychological horror games where you placed a monster with you being chased by a walrus. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, any horror game could have the monster replaced by a walrus. Yeah, it's slow, it's powerful. What more do you need from a, a horror monster? Like, walrus apocalypse? It's like a zombie apocalypse, except it's walruses, and if you're bitten by a walrus, you turn into a walrus. I feel like I feel like that's not going to be the walrus's main fighting style, though. Could it be if you're crushed by a walrus? If you are filled with awe... If you are clumped by a walrus. <laughs> uh, if you're filled with awe but utter walrus, then you become a walrus. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. Like, you can only survive if you're indifferent towards walruses. <laughs> and who is? We've just, like, I'm imagining survivor communities and they're focused entirely around pointedly not caring about walruses. A small child is like, I think walruses are neat, and is just immediately tackled to the ground before they can transform. Oh, yeah, so, so that's the point. I was assuming, like, you had to have directly, but, like, maybe if you just feel awe about walruses at any point in the world. Like, one day, everyone who thought any positive things about walruses transformed into a walrus. It's a unique apocalypse, certainly. And then presumably there's a second wave of people who, now that they have close contact with a walrus, realise the true beauty of the creature. Hmm. We have... Yeah, you know, this is... This would certainly be an apocalypse. You have to, like, repeatedly wall, roll will saves. So as to avoid thinking nice things about walruses. I'm not good at distinguishing R's and W's when I speak, which makes this particular topic somewhat incoherent. Well, before we end the episode, I would like to ask you, as someone who is more aware of World of Darkness than I am, yeah, what would the walrus game line be called? Hmm. Walrus the Glomping, I feel. Excellent. On that note, if you want to support us and get access to bonus episodes, homebrew, short RPGs, and a Discord server, you can go to patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas. If you have a question or want to complain that we used the word lumping twice in one episode in 2024, um, you can message probablybadrpgideas on Tumblr or email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com. And remember to have a probably walrus day. And remember to have a probably walrus day. Oh.